You're listening to Welcome to Eloma, a podcast for highly ambitious dreamers who get shit done. I'm your host, Kylie Peters. This is a space where we talk about how to hire in a post-pandemic world. In 2021, we started to learn about the great resignation, which was, I'm sure, every employer's greatest nightmare. And now here we are entering into Q4 of 2022. And I honestly don't know of any business that isn't having trouble finding and retaining talent. And we're going to get into the DEI conversation and and how that plays a role in, in talent recruiting, et cetera, today. But Overall, like the labor shortage is just insane. And and I know every business owner I know is having trouble finding the right talent, keeping the right talent and and building their business in that way. Um, And we also know that this can be really costly. So often we know that hiring the wrong person can can cost a business a lot, but especially small business owners, you hire the wrong person. And sometimes, man, that, that hire can be really devastating. And oftentimes owners tend to play a big role. Small business owners tend to play a big role in hiring, which is also questionable because that's not necessarily our skill set. And I am guilty of this myself. So I'm really excited to jump into this conversation today with today's guest, Morgan Phelps. Morgan is the CEO and founder of Colorful Connections, a diversity recruiting and retention firm. Morgan has transformed her career from journalism and PR into founding Colorful Connections in 2019. We're going to learn more about this journey. I'm super excited. Welcome to Iloma, Morgan. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. So excited. It's been so long since we've actually connected. So I'm so excited that we get to chat now. Yeah, it's been a while. For for all the listeners out there, Morgan, just to kind of jump into things. So you started your career in um, journalism and PR and transformed into Colorful Connections, which some might put into the HR category. What led you into that transition? Um, That's a good question. Um, And I, I, I get it a lot. Ultimately, the switch happened because I was trying to solve what I saw as a communication problem. Um, The communication problem being a disconnect of supply and demand, quite frankly. Um, So demand of we want to hire more diverse professionals, diverse professionals, Mm -hmm. and then supply of, you know, networking. I know that diverse professionals are out there, but there was a disconnect. Um, So at the time um, that I started thinking of Colorful Connections, I was working in PR, mm-hmm. um, you know, Chicago um, at Edelman. And, you know, I was working in a very small, specialized team, 12 of us, entire country, all this, you know, oh. like great work. Um, but historically, throughout my journey in communications, I was always one of few people of color, especially on the client side, especially um, in this field. And um, the question just kept bothering me. And I think I was on year two or three, year three of um, attending this conference. And, you know, you have these panels and the panels, you said the same conversation and the same conversation was about needing to transform the industry and they're not out there and, you know, what's going on. So um, after a while, there's a part of me, too, that just gets frustrated talking about the same problem over and over and over sure. again. So year three of this panel, right? And of course, several conversations in between just on a daily basis, internally with my company, you know, was 
proactive and doing work internally in terms of how to create a culture shift, um, you know, this, you know, building, right, all of this building year after year after year, I just got frustrated um, about this. And I was mm-hmm. running an organization for women of color in the industry, in my industry at the time. So even more frustration where like hundreds of women that I'm leading, I have access to who want, you know, jobs in these places that all these agencies and companies are saying they're trying to find, you know, this pool of people. So you're, you're trying to find these people. Okay. They're here trying to get a job at your company. Something is not happening. So that's where I saw it as a basic disconnect from a communication level. And as I started digging Mm -hmm. into that, that said, as the idea, right, as any entrepreneur or business owner knows, the idea that you start out with, it's not really how it all ends. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wait, what, really, things change? That's, what? What, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> at, the, at the time, I thought it would be a partnership program, you know, to just, you know, connect professionals with hiring managers or leaders at different companies. Mm-hmm. And I did a couple of uh, programs um, and pilots in Chicago, and they went really well, but it wasn't addressing still the problem of how do I help these women of color get hired, right? And at the time, I felt that, you know, leadership obligation too. How yeah. do I, and, and privilege, right? How do I help them get jobs? You know, it still wasn't addressing that problem. The communication problem was still there. So I started mm-hmm. doing more. Uh, a lot of deep diving and research um, and speaking one-on-one with talent acquisition directors, HR directors, people, uh, leaders who left companies who quit for reasons that are DEI related, you know, so Mm -hmm. trying to understand from their perspective, truly, now that we don't work together, what happened and why, and why from your perspective is this problem continuously happening of even if you find diverse, professionals, they're not staying, we're not staying. Why is that not happening? The growth part of it. So once I was able to start digging more into it, it built out the business plan for what Colorful Connections is today. Um, And just my personal passion and frustration, there was no way that I could back away from it. So in a sense, I see it as like the ultimate communications um, project, I guess I've ever worked on. I love it. <laughs> Although it goes pretty deep. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It has so. lots of legs and yes, goes deep, but, but yeah. I love what you're saying because, and I think this is true for a lot of entrepreneurs is you saw a problem, one that, uh, that you were deeply connected to and you wanted to try to create a solution to fix it. Right. Like, I yeah. think and, and at the like highest level, I think that that's what we all are trying to do. Yeah. And so I love, I love that story because, you know, so many people would probably look at like PR to HR, like what happened, but that <laughs> makes so much sense. And I think that, yeah, it's, it's people's journey as like, well, stuff came up and things changed and I wanted to address a problem that I saw. Yeah. So yeah. I love that. So you are knee deep in this space of talent recruiting and retention, hiring, et cetera. Now it's always been so much of it has to do with communication, like, you know, pretty broad, but that truly is a consistent thread. The communication. Yes. Okay. So, so let's, let's dive into that a little bit. I feel like 
I feel like life right now is like pre-COVID, COVID, post-COVID. Like everyone's trying to figure out like, where are we? Um, But talk to me a little bit about how you've seen this transform. So maybe specifically the communication part, like before COVID happened, as people are trying to hire the right talent, et cetera, what was the communication blocker and how has that transformed over the last couple of years, if at all? So that's a good question. And also, I I guess I'm going to need to build on that a bit because we're talking about pre-COVID, right? But there was a lot that happened during 2020, including the tragic murder of George Floyd. Absolutely. Added so much um, in in terms of considerations, uh, just the same in terms of how employers show up, responsibility for hiring diverse talent, what that means, supporting um, people of color, professionals of color, employees of color, and really doing it for the right reasons. So Mm -hmm. I think all of this, in addition to COVID, has significantly changed how we expectations on the job seeker side and how you go about recruiting um, and sourcing from a passive perspective. And even when you're, you know, needing to fill a role immediately. Yeah. Um, so I guess before, um, you know, it was your, your typical process, right? I mean, there was a lot that was expedited, um, in terms of the virtual, you know, and, and remote, um, work. Well, that's a whole, a whole hurdle as well. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of conversations before it was, you know, more on the employer's terms. You know, and I know Mm. that right now we're in a job seeker market um, where that's not necessarily the case. But again, the other factors and and things that just happened throughout life with racial and social unrest and justice and again, COVID, too. And just the reality as well in terms of how we've been living throughout these years, priorities and values are different for an individual. So Mm -hmm. um, when you're looking at the hiring process, I hope I'm answering your question, but I know I'm answering it. No, this is good. when we're looking at the hiring process, there's just so much more that matters than just getting a paycheck, quite frankly. Um, And uh, I think it's important to be cognizant of that. If not, you're, you know, you're going to have trouble finding the right people. You're going to have problems with retention and just expectations for really, you know, for the right job seeker or on the job seeker side, there's just going to be a disconnect with it. You know, what does a company represent? What are their values? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, job seekers right now are very much prioritizing, you know, working for an organization that cares about what they care about and stands yeah. up for issues that support them mm-hmm. and will allow them the flexibility to be who they are and enjoy life, be with their family. Um, you know, so I think a lot in terms of how we live our days, expectations of work-life balance or harmony, whatever, you know, language you want to use, all of that has a hundred percent shifted. And I know that there are certain industries or companies, or maybe it might be a little bit more difficult, but all in all, I see a lot of employers who are embracing that for the good and trying to see what their new workforce um, and work culture um, and structure looks like. So some, I, I, won't, I won't say all of a majority are, you know, doing that, which I think is important. Um, and some are very rigid and this is how we've always done it. And this yeah. is traditional and, you know, well, this is how we operate and go ahead. That's, you know, that's for you and, and good luck and, you know, see how it goes. But 
I mean, as business owners, entrepreneurs, you know, you have to evolve, you know, yeah. even the way that we're working today isn't the same that it was 30 years ago. Like you have to evolve with the times. You have to evolve. Your people are the backbone of your company. So if you're yes. not willing to flex with that, you know, it's, it's your, your company can only grow so much. You can only scale so much and you'll only be as effective as your, as your talents, as your people. Yeah. No, I, I love that. And I think that's the perfect answer because, you know, as we talk about building businesses and entrepreneurship, et cetera, I a hundred percent agree with you. People are what matters most. I say that all the time and, and they really are. And so what I'm hearing you say is, you know, we've always talked about this work-life balance or blend or harmony or whatever you want to call it. But I think a lot of it has been a lot of talk, especially in this country, right? We work really hard to a fault. And now what I think, what I've, what I've experienced and what I've heard other people experience is these last couple of years have been challenging on so many levels. And it's really made people start to evaluate what matters most to them. And like, and like you touched on like families, values, societal, economic justice, like everything It's like, what really matters to us? And that's where I'm going to spend my time and energy. And so, yeah. So, so what I'm just to like summarize, it sounds like businesses need to be more intentional or just at least be really aware of how they're presenting themselves and walk the walk, especially when it's coming to finding the right talent and retaining the right talent. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You are a hundred percent right. And I would simply add to that, you know, I'm a yes again person at yes. that and doing it in an authentic way. And I think the yes. authenticity is what really helps um, and make sure that it's sick and that it's, it's for the right reasons. You know, you're hiring, you know, the right people for the right reasons who will align with your mission and your vision and your values mm-hmm. um, and all of the work that you're doing, just not, you know, to, you know, bring in, you know, uh, you know, accounts and you know just the business right just to make money but the impact that you're giving back to society all of that to do it organically and authentically in the right way especially when you're looking at attracting talent you know and the right talent in the right places for the right roles that really align with them a hundred percent that's important that's why I said that communication ultimately is at the core of a lot of this so even when you're looking at, I mean, the, the attract part of it. So colorful connections, um, I use an analogy that, uh, you know, for a three-legged stool, but the work that we do. Because mm-hmm. if you have a three-legged stool, right, three legs, we're missing a leg, the whole thing topples over. It's not yep. stable. So for us to create an inclusive and diverse team, right, that stool, you need three pillars, attract, retain, and grow that mm-hmm. inclusive and diverse team. If you're missing one of those legs, it's going to be unstable. So when you're looking at it from a communication perspective, you know, we'll have clients that might come in and say, hey, we need help attracting, right? One of the pillars, we need to Mm -hmm. attract talent. But if you are having problems retaining talent, especially for diverse candidates, and I'll explain why I keep doing that. (laughs) Um, But if you're having trouble with that second pillar, that's probably hurting your attraction efforts for brand awareness, even from, you know, brand reputation perspective. So your communication, even from an employer branding perspective, is probably, you know, is where you might need to start in the first place. So if you're not able to retain employees because word of mouth spreads, you know, and as you're looking at, you know, 
a, a place that you want to work at, especially if you're a person of color or someone who is in a historically marginalized community or um, just an underrepresented, underestimated professional, you're looking at a company, you're seeing their website, and you're like, mm, okay, I'm going to talk to a couple people and see what it's like to work there. And mm-hmm. if the feedback isn't good, that's a no, right? You yep. go on Glassdoor, you see some things, no. And even just looking at the company, depending on the website and what they communicate, you're going to make your decision there, you know? And then mm-hmm. in terms of your team and how you show up when you go out, you know, to talk to candidates, you know, again, communication. So will I be valued there? We talked about a lot too, in terms of a CSR perspective, there's just so much the depth of just how important it is to connect and, and communicate in all aspects is just critical um, <laughs> in so many different ways, I guess, in the, in the hiring and retention aspect. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. And I love that. I love your perspective on this, that it's a that's largely a communication issue or that that's a huge component of it, because I feel like I, most people don't speak about that in this way, but it makes a lot of sense. And I love the three legs of the stool. So for listeners out there who are struggling with attracting, retaining, growing their business, growing and talent, et cetera, what advice would you have to them? Maybe even small businesses or larger businesses, if, if it changes at all, but what advice would you have to them right now as they're trying to tackle this and figure out how to do it the right way for the right reasons, find the right talent, communicate the right thing? How to, how to find talent? Is, is like what, what advice would you, um, sorry, that was a lot. No, what no, no, I'm just trying to make give? sure because I could, you know. <laughs> yeah. I would just say, what advice would you give? So if, if I'm, if I'm a business owner and I'm like, Morgan, I'm struggling here what should I be doing that I'm not doing right now? Like what, what do I need to be doing? Um, a couple of things first, I would say to um, diversify your talent pool. So most recruiters and hiring teams or just whoever is in a hiring position, LinkedIn and Indeed, that's where they go. Okay. Um, nine times out of 10, that's everyone we talk to, that's where we go. Okay. Kind of hard to, to, to look for a diverse team members and, you know, those who, you know, it's, it's hard to expand your pool when those are your main sources. So I would say look outside of the box. But even mm-hmm. as you're trying to figure out, okay, so what does that mean? Look outside of the box or look at different pools and, you know, like, how do I even know where to start? Yeah. I would say first to back up. And oftentimes when you're looking at what the role that you need to fill, especially if it's something that you need to fill right, right now, um, two things. Oftentimes when we, fill out a job or, you know, update a job description or create one, it's to fill, especially if it's for an immediate need, it's to fill the immediate needs now, right? So you're just looking at, okay, what do I need to get done? But you're not looking at six months from now or a year from now. And six months from now, it's, I mean, research has, you know, proven and shown that the responsibilities in your day-to-day look very different six Mm -hmm. months from now versus the day that you're hired. So I would look for someone who has certain types of traits versus Mm -hmm. just, you know, filling it and checking off the box of like, here are the things I specifically need done, right? Yes, those are important, but look ahead knowing that that will change. And of course, as you're, you know, a growing company, an early stage company, a startup, just an entrepreneur, you need to think ahead. Your business should be growing and shifting 
every four to six months, right? Mm -hmm. So you need someone who can also help and grow with you and possesses those um, skills. So I would say that that's a part of it. So diversifying your pool, that, um, I'll admit I did blink because um, I did have something else to add, but if it comes up, then then well, I'll share it. Um, huh? Here, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a moment to, oh, sure. to think. Um, okay. When so when you're trying to find somebody, because I love that, I totally agree with that. Um, thinking about their traits versus just the like responsibilities. What would you say is something that would be helpful? Like like is a personality test helpful in the hiring process, or how do you? hire for those traits like any advice on how to figure out if somebody has the traits that you're looking for you can do assessments um and there are also bias-free um assessments and tools that are out there um to help and you know making sure that you're going about it and you know as much of an inclusive you know process as possible Mm -hmm. Um, um from that perspective i would also say when you're looking at the traits look at what you need in order to get the job done do you need someone you know who is yes flexible or are negotiation skills truly a core part of this role regardless Mm. of what you'll be doing so i think it first starts with understanding what success looks like for the position that you're hiring for and having everything come from that. And the thought that I kind of blanked on ties into this, so I did think of it, thank you. Um, another thing, if if you've had someone in the role before and you need, you know, they're leaving for whatever reason and you need to staff up again, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you're just pulling out that same job description again, sometimes just updating it. We're just working off of the same thing that's just like what's been done, right? Yeah. And you're oftentimes, and it's, there's a risk of looking for someone, even if it's not intentional, who fills that task position. So if I had, you know, mm. hey, Kylie's on my team, she's, you know, leaving. Oh no, we love her. We have to bring someone else on board. Okay, let's let's find a new her, right? That's yeah, sameness. That's looking for someone to fill the same position. And that's where you also fall into that risk and the habit of hiring over and over again just based on a type. So you're not able yeah. to diversify your mind. You're not able to think more inclusively and you're not able to think forward looking in terms of your goals. What goals do you have to meet this year? Mm-hmm. What role does this position play in that where they need and what do they need to do to be successful? Um, you know, so all of those components when you're thinking of it simply from a success metric, right, or, or perspective helps you know, to think a little bit more open-minded, yeah. um, be more open-minded, and then also think bigger in terms of a scope for the type of person who might be um, a qualified candidate for the role versus yeah. what you know to be the norm. Oh, I need a salesperson. I'm just going to look for someone who has been a salesperson. And granted, you might find someone's sales experience, but think outside of the box in terms of okay, what does a successful salesperson look like? Okay. And also depending on the level, right. Mm-hmm. That you need, you know, some other factors will come in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but think differently in terms of the work and what success looks like. And also think about what, you know, might that person enjoy doing and what aligns with them. And I think that'll help as well, because I'm a big um, champion. I think this works well on our team um, to find people who really enjoy doing the work they're passionate about their role right they're passionate about the work that's involved in their role because they're also 
more likely to be creative and willing, you know, to pivot or be proactive and, you know, just put their all into the work as well six months from now or a year from now, or you get a curveball or a problem. But hey, I love doing XYZ. I don't see it as a chore. I, I'm naturally curious. I'm naturally passionate. This is what I, this is what I feel fulfilled doing. And this is for me. Mm-hmm. that's the person that you want to hire. Don't just go off of, um, again, thinking of our, you know, our field, what does your portfolio look like? If it doesn't, you know, if this isn't in your portfolio, no dice. Yeah. Um, if this isn't in your resume, if you haven't had this type of experience, if you haven't worked in an agency, no, this is yeah. in our job description for a reason. Mm, it's also preventing you from finding other talent. Yeah. And also I, looking in, in different places, attracting different talent. I love that. And I want to I want to talk about that for one second. I just want to add that I think, yeah, I think that's a great call out because I've also heard so many stories about people who have found most amazing team members who have very non-traditional backgrounds. But to your point, like they have the traits. And I think your point of like feeling fulfilled doing the work, like also that's such a gift that an employer could give to somebody to give them the opportunity to love the work they do. Mm -hmm. I want to circle back though, because for anybody who's just listening, you know, you keep saying diverse talent with like the air quotes and I, you wanted to explain that a little bit. So tell me a little bit about what you mean with you air quote diverse talent. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. Thanks for um, coming back to that. So Mm -hmm. Um, oftentimes, you know, when we say diversity nowadays, folks typically think of black and brown, right? Um, so, and, and, and sometimes others might think of BIPOC. So, you know, just think of people of color in general. And clients, and we've had some clients, you know, come to us or prospective clients that were asking if we could support them, you know, with the search to find diverse talent who would say, I need to find a black man. And I would say, mm. oh, that's very specific now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, why, why a black man, right? Why not, you know, um, Latino or, you know, Asian dude, like a woman. Hello, a black woman. Like, yeah. why a black man? What, 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 what's behind this? And the response will be, "Why well, just know what my team? I, I know what I want my team to look like." So, um, I guess my point Very also back up, yeah, a little cringeworthy. Maybe some concerns from a compliance perspective, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So, um, so we approach diversity a bit different. You know, so we have a strategy when we work with clients to help identify what does diversity look like for your team? Because diversity Mm -hmm. shows up very differently. Um, So my husband also runs a company and his company is majority black, you know, so diversity and also it's a family run company. So diversity Mm -hmm. for them looks very different. And if we're really trying to take advantage of the benefits of diversity for growing a business and the economic value right the drivers yeah. of it outperform you know your your competitors and market leaders and you know if you're trying it to really embrace diversity for the strategic value in addition to doing you know the work for the right reasons I believe in that but I also know that at the end of the day business is business mm-hmm. but and in, in DEI it's not you know it's this is not a correlation to success it's causation but if mm-hmm. you're only looking at it from a singular perspective of race and race being 
you know, your indicator of diversity, you're missing a lot. And you're also missing a lot in terms of strategic value that that person and that candidate can bring to a role and the purpose, right? So you're also risking with that hiring someone and them feeling tokenized or just saying, Mm -hmm. okay, well, I got, you know, a quota. This is just what I'm looking for. And then we're, you know, talking about that retention concern, right? So again, it's, it's just really important when we think about it in terms of, okay, let's look at, you know, there's a position that needs to be filled. Let's look at, again, what does success look like? Um, what are the traits that are needed? Was the experience that's truly needed to fulfill the role and achieve success, not just right now, but sticking ahead. Mm-hmm. And then also let's look at what we have on our team, the skills that are strong in our team, where are we lacking? And then yeah. also start looking at other components, whether it's, oh, we all went to similar colleges. That That is an easy place to start, just for an example, mm, right? Okay. So if you're looking at that and you're saying, oh my goodness, we all come from the same circles and, you know, same colleges, I think we can start there maybe, right? Yeah. So <laughs> let's just say, okay, we're oversaturated and homogenous in this area. Let's not be homogenous, right? Where, right. you know, as we're looking to attract a new person for our team, to be successful in this role and also contribute to our department or our company. What do you need? And think about it from that perspective. And you're, you're able to think a bit differently in terms of what diversity truly looks like for your team. Um, Mm -hmm. And again, it helps to improve or or, um, increase the chance that once you do hire someone that you're again, valuing them and you're asking, you're truly appreciating that you, because sometimes the hiring manager is different from the immediate manager and he makes you work with the new employee. But there's a higher chance of, okay, you're, you won't be dismissed, you know, during a meeting. You won't, you know, just yeah. say, okay, fine, great, you're hired. And then I'm just going to, you know, ignore or you'll just sit there and, you know, just or, or not include them even just in yeah. social interactions or whatnot. There's just a higher chance in general of um, someone bringing their all and bringing their lived experiences to sure. the work. So. Um, which I yes, would imagine so we mean a lot more things. Yeah. That. The spectrum of diversity and different dimensions of diversity. Well, I love that point too, because nobody wants to be high. It's just like being picked last in gym class. Like <laughs> nobody wants to get picked because they had to fill a role, right? You want to get picked because of who you are and the skills you bring and the experience you bring and the whole potential you bring. And the Not, passion. Exactly. Yeah. And the mission alignment. And it's just a good match. You know, your company, it feels right to me. The yes, work exactly. that I would be doing, I'm really excited about that. Exactly. And you value what I would bring to the table. I like that. That sounds yeah. good. And we have had candidates who have made it to the final interview round and they've turned down the position, you know, just having second mm-hmm. thoughts and just saying, no, I don't want to be the only person of color on this team. You know, sure. sometimes, you know, it's just, how do I feel? Um, will I be appreciated and valued? So it's, 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 there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day, it's, it's all, it goes back to people and communication. Like you point pointed out, you know, we how really are you writing to... your job descriptions and your yeah. job posts? And I mean, it starts as an ongoing thing. Yeah. And really rooting into whole humans and, and right. exactly. the whole thing. Like exactly. everything that they are. Um, 
Morgan, I want to be respectful of your time, but before we go, I've got two more questions for you. Um, well, maybe three. We'll see. Um, I wanted to ask you, because I think you've got uh, some exciting things going on. What are you working on right now? We are um, rolling out. Thank you for the question. We're rolling out some new learning tracks. So okay, cool. with um, the services that we offer fall into those three pillars that I mentioned. Attract, we do recruiting, and we also do training for recruiting teams. Um, the retention part of it is uh, a more heavily concentrated in workshops and trainings. And then the third for grow are like assessments, organization assessments, individual assessments, because it all kind of works together. Yeah, Can you sure. tend to focus on one area you need support elsewhere, especially for the work that we do? Um, so what we're doing is that all of our services are offered um, as needed, right? Um, and we tailor everything. We customize everything. But what I started noticing is that clients who are on their DI journey you know, as long as you're on the journey, great. We'll meet you where you are and help to support you. But it was a little tricky just helping clients to understand, you know, based on their path, how we could support them with their services. Um, so we're starting to roll out some learning tracks, which is really exciting. So um, for instance, if there's a client who just needs to know where do I start? You know, I have this newly formed DI committee um, or, you know, my company is really starting, I want to, you know, make a commitment, an authentic commitment to DEI, but I don't know what that means. I don't know where to start. We have a where to begin learning track, you know, nice. so we'll offer um, a light assessment, so a couple workshops that go with it, but we help to equip the team with basic foundational direction on, you know, there's a lot to figure out, but let's figure mm -hmm. out how to get you headed in that right direction support. So we have, um, you know, where do I begin? Or if you're, you know, committed and you have some direction and your team is focused on just building awareness, we have a learning track focused on awareness or actionizing your commitment to, um, so uh, awareness is, I want to understand more about DEI and how does this apply to the workplace? How does this apply to my role and how can I help the entire company understand that and be empathetic and move along and also communicate better with each other and with clients like how can we do better with that right that's awareness actionizing okay I got the basics we know what that looks like and how do we become a part of the solution so we have a learning track for that where we offer services that are related you know and help to achieve that goal there's that recruiting we have a specific learning track for recruiting for teams that, you know, just want to do the work themselves, but want to understand how to do so from an inclusive perspective. It's not the traditional diversity recruiting certification that you get online. You just, you know, learn Boolean and things like that. No, we teach you the strategy. We teach you how to look differently. We focus on mindset shifts because it doesn't matter if oh, you yeah. find people, if you're still looking at and evaluating um, their experience and resumes the same way, the same old way, right? Sure. So we focus more um, intensely with that. Um, so we have a few of those that we're rolling out for our learning tracks. So I'm really excited about that. That is awesome. That's Thanks. great. And then that gives you other opportunities to kind of start to engage with more companies and, and give them different touch points. So yeah. that's exciting. Very exciting. Um, all right, lady, my last question for you is, what is your greatest insight or discovery? about life and entrepreneurship? Oh, good question. And um, I, I think it's that we're just graduating problems, right? 
every problem that we tackle, um, that's great. Woohoo. We, we, <laughs> you know, we, we, we did that and we're ready for the next one, but it just goes another step up, you know? So yeah. every time we address a problem, um, or a challenge personally in our personal lives or in the business space, it's only to help us get to that next problem. And once we figure that out, then we graduate to the next problem. And I think that's life as well. So we take on as much as we can handle, but, you know, as we continue, you know, dealing with whatever stressful situation or a problem, headache, whatever, you know, take a moment and smell the roses because you're about to roll up your sleeves and, and take on that next <laughs> problem. Yeah. So, you know, I, w- I would say that, you know, get used to having problems and looking at them differently in terms of learning opportunities and just uh, from a growth perspective, I'm growing into a different problem. <laughs> yeah, no, I yeah. love that. So those are good problems, right? That's maybe yeah, that growth. It, yeah, it would be weird if we don't grow. That would be its own problem. Right. Um, I love that because that's, I say that often too, especially talking to like young entrepreneurs People are always like, oh, does it get easier? It's like, no, it doesn't get no. easier. You just get better. You just get better. <laughs> the problems and you will have get harder. to deal with exactly. Yeah. And you have to deal with the problem that you're having right now in order to grow and deal with the new level of problem. Because yep. I mean, that problem, the new level of problem is just building on that. It's just like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, great. You took off that yeah. little that little bite. Okay, take off yeah. another chunk. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, Morgan, thank you so much for being a guest today. I really appreciate it. For all of our listeners who want to learn more about you and Colorful Connections, what is the best way to get in touch with you? They can go to our website, colorfulconnections.com. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So for all listeners, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment to leave a review wherever you're listening. Um, I also want to give a shout out. We are starting uh, quarterly workshops beginning this November. Check them out at ricksworkshops.com. That's R-I-X workshops.com. And uh, thank you again, Morgan. It's been yeah, such a pleasure. You. Nice texting up. Thank you. To continue learning how to better build your business and make your vision a reality, subscribe to the Welcome to Eloma email list at welcometoeloma.com.